Blog Talk Radio. the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. Welcome, everybody, to episode 156 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, November 28th, 2015. I'm Chris G at ChrisG1980 on Twitter. And well, as you heard on the add-on of our intro, the Canadians, at least on the ice, had a perfect week. But when it comes off the ice, well, it wasn't as perfect for the Montreal Canadiens. And, well, like always, Habs360, we're very informative. We're very interactive. You can reach us for the entire episode via Twitter, at Habs360. You can also give us a toll-free call, one 455 anywhere across North America. And if you're listening to the live broadcast through your computer on blogtalkradio.com, you scroll to the bottom of the page. You log in using your Twitter or a Facebook account, and you'll be able to leave us your comments uh, via our uh, chat room. Joining me today, my co-host for uh, the next uh, 60 minutes, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. Twitter handle is All Habs. Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good and a lot better than a couple of the Montreal Canadiens players. And uh, we'll tackle that in a couple of moments. But let's start off 
the Canadians. Their first game was last week on uh, on Sunday against the uh, New York Islanders. Here's the one timer. No, there it comes. Kip. We threw that in there. Scores a goal. His pass was off a skate. And look out. Here comes Bryson. And what we heard three out of the four goals that the Montreal Canadiens scored in a 4-2 victory over the New York Islanders. And in fact, the Canadiens in that game scored three power play goals. One of them was an empty net, the last one uh, by Max Pacioretty. And Thomas Fleischmann scored a short-handed goal, so special teams was uh, definitely important in that game for the Montreal Canadiens and contributed to the Canadiens' victory. And in that game, while Brendan Gallagher didn't finish the game with an injury, we'll, we'll talk about that in a couple of moments. And, well, even on the first line, he was replaced uh, by Alex uh, Semen. A couple of days later... Canadians headed to New York to face the New York Rangers. A battle of first place in the Eastern Conference. The two best teams in the league went at it. Markov has a getaway from him. Botanis into the corner. Osberg scores! And that was Max Pacioretty, his 12th goal of the season. At that time, it was the fifth goal of the Canadians in a 5-1 win over the New York Rangers. So what was supposed to be a good game? It was a game that uh, the Montreal Canadiens dominated from beginning to end. Devontae Smith-Pelly got a pair of goals in that game. Thomas Plekanitz with uh, three assists. Rick, in that game, uh, the big news was the Carey Price injury, but we'll leave that for a couple of moments. But if you look on the ice, battle of first place, this was quite an impressive win for the Canadians over the Rangers. I agree. Uh, to to in my mind, it was one of the best games they played this this season. Um, the Rangers, uh, you know, had uh, they were uh, coming off a, a pretty strong run as they went to the top of the standings. Um, the King Henrik Lundqvist was uh, dominant at uh, particularly at Madison Square Garden. Um, you know the 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 Rangers are a, a pretty quick team themselves, and with uh, you know solid defense, um, and the Canadians made made the the Rangers look slow. It was it was uh, all out speed. It was skating. It was fork checking. It was relentless pursuit of the puck. The Canadians, as I said, one of their best games of the of the season. Um, Carey Price was was terrific uh, before uh, before the injury. Um, you know, uh, Devontae Smith Pelly stepped up, uh, and his promotion to the uh, first line paid off, and and he got uh, his first multiple game um, uh, regular season game of his career. Um, and the uh, San Andrigetta was was inserted, and that line of of uh, Galchenyuk. Um, Eller and, and Andrew Ghetto looked great. Galchenik was uh, uh, was the first star of the game. Um, it was a very very impressive win. Um, 
by the by the Canadians. They, I think, they were the better team in all facets of the game against the, uh, the New York Rangers. And while the Canadians were in the middle of a streak where they were facing just teams from the uh, state of New York, and they led them to last night, the Canadians headed to New Jersey to face the New Jersey Devils, and the Canadians came up with a 3-2 to win in a shootout. The Canadians were trailing 2 to nothing in uh, in that game, and they came back, scored two goals. They were scored by Sven Andrugetto and uh, Alex Galchenyuk, and then the shootout winner was uh, scored by none other than recent Montreal Canadiens call-up Sven Andrugetto. Let's hear post-game comments from the coach. They will be uh, en français. Mais la première moitié de match, je te dirais que la misère à trouver nos jambes, l'exécution n'était pas là. Euh, les Devils étaient définitivement prêts. Euh, mais à partir de la deuxième moitié, je trouvais qu'on commençait à de mieux en mieux jouer et à mettre plus de pression. Et, well, le coach, I'll translate quickly, he said in the first half of the game, he found that his team, uh, they didn't get it started, but then in the second half, he found them getting a lot better and heading back uh, to play, uh, back to their game plan. And I'll take it even one step further. The first two periods, the Montreal Canadiens, they were very sloppy, bad. They couldn't get anything going against the New Jersey Devils. But then as of the third period, we saw the Montreal Canadiens come back and uh, tie the game and head into a shootout to beat the uh, New Jersey Devils. So that brings the Canadians. They've played 24 games this season. They have a record of 18-4-2. That gives them a 38 points in the in the standings. They're currently on a 7-2-1 in their last 10 games, and they're currently in a four-game winning streak. So that puts them first place in the division. It puts them first place in the Eastern Conference. They have four-point leads on the New York Rangers. The Rangers do have one game in hand. And in the NHL, Canadians are first place, a two-point lead over the Dallas Stars, but the Stars do have one game in hand over the Montreal Canadiens. And one other stat that impresses me for the Montreal Canadiens, the record this season against Eastern Conference teams, they played 16 games, and they have a record of 14-0-2, so they are still undefeated when facing a team from uh, the proper division. So that is definitely important because we know those Eastern Conference matchups, they're always those uh, cliche four-point uh, four games. So the big news for the Montreal Canadiens was the injury or the re-injury of Carey Price as he didn't finish the third period in the game against the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Michel Therrien did confirm after the game that it is the same injury. Officially, we don't have a time frame that was given to us by the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadiens only announced that he'll be missing at least one week. There was a report from RDS's François Gagnon last night who said that he'll miss uh, probably a month uh, this morning. It was uh, Pierre Lebrun from uh, TSN and ESPN 
tweeted that uh, Price will be seeing a doctor today, and the Canadians should have a better idea of, uh, of the time frame going forward. Rick, so uh, one thing that we know for sure, that it's the same injury. We don't know for a fact what it is. Is it a knee? Is it an ankle, a groin? We still have no idea what that is. But are you concerned from the fact that uh, Carrie Price once again is injured? Uh, very concerned. Um, I think the first time that uh, he he went down with the injury, uh, there was a lot of enthusiasm for Mike Condon, um, you know, and and rightly so because uh, Mike Condon had a great start to the season. Um, and I, I guess the other part of it was that that um, you know people had gotten in their heads that that the Canadians were relying less on Carey Price. Uh, just because they were scoring uh, a little bit at a at, at a much higher pace than they, they were last year, but I, th- I think as we saw uh, the the last four starts uh, before um, Carey Price came back, Condon started to to um, falter, and um, you know his his uh, stats went way down. He was giving up a first goal. Um, rebounds, losing his net, uh, wandering a bit, swimming in the in the crease, um, losing a bit of his confidence. Um, and it's not only the way he was playing goal, but you know the the the, the way the Canadians had to change their game um, to to adapt to having Mike Condon in net. First game back that that. Um, Price played uh, the the everyone was talking about how the defense were activated like they hadn't seen in weeks um, and and that's the kind of game that Carey Price in addition to his puck handling his the way he manages the game the way he absorbs rebounds all those kinds of things um, he gives the team to the confidence to play a different style so um, yes I'm concerned and yes I'm concerned that it's the same injury and that Perhaps he was rushed back in to service, uh, given that Khan uh, was struggling a bit. So uh, last night, Mike Condon made 25 saves in the Canadiens' uh, 3-2 win over the New Jersey Devils. If you look at his stats since the beginning of the season, he has a record of eight, uh, two, eight, two and two. Sorry, is his record with a, a 2.14 goals against average and a 9.17 save percentage. Uh, on my end, I, I am concerned as well. I'm thinking that this time that uh, the recovery time might be a bit longer. So even the report from uh, François Gagnon, where he reported the month based on his sources, whether or not his sources are right or was it just made up, etc. I don't think it's far-fetched that Carey Price misses at least one month. He missed three weeks the first time. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a month right now. What I'm concerned in regards to uh, to Carey Price, what if it's something more serious where he might need surgery, where the recovery time might be even a couple of months uh, before he's uh, he's back. So let's say, Rick, that the Canadians or find out or the official announces that Carey Price is out, let's say, at least a month or whatever the period is for. Do you think the Canadians will be will tough it out with a goaltending duo of Condon and Tokarski, or do you think they'll start looking for 
some uh, reinforcement in in goal? I think that um, right now um, the the Canadians have zero confidence in Dustin Tokarski. They, um, it, you know, Tokarski didn't really accept the demotion very well. He his attitude was terrible in St. John's. Um, he he had some good games, but um, you know he. He wasn't really part of the team down there, so I think that that um, you know the, the Canadians are are not only worried about an injury to uh, Mike Condon, but but also um, just the fact that he can get mentally fatigued, given that that you know he has such uh, little um, NHL experience. So there's no question in my mind. Uh, there's there's no question at all that. Uh, Mark Bergevin has has told his pro scouting staff, "I want your report. I w- I want to know who's available." Um, and that list is really pretty tiny because you're looking for someone who is going to fit in the cap. You're you're going to look for someone who is likely a UFA at the end of the season, so that you don't have any ties to him. Um, and uh, you know there the. The names being thrown around, Cam Ward comes with a big price, and, and I'm not confident in Cam Ward. Ray Emery, who I think his NHL career is done. Um, I I would say that, that the most likely candidate out there is James Reimer. Um, James Reimer is playing the best hockey of his career. It's obvious that the Leafs want um, uh, Bernier to be the their number one. They've got some... Um, uh, talent um, in the AHL they could bring up. Um, James Reimer is a is a UFA at the begin at the end of the year, and and I think um, you know he could be somebody that could fill in. My my only question with him is he's better as a starter than he is as a backup uh, when he when he has time between shifts uh, between the starts. I mean, um, so uh, I don't know. It's it's that. That's going to be if if Bergevin is able to pull off a deal to bring in someone to stabilize the goaltending position, it'll be one of his more difficult uh, moves that he has to make. Yeah, and for sure, I think I agree with that. At least he's um, he he's been uh, playing the field, at least knowing what's available, what's out there, maybe getting an idea of what the price is. Uh, but I'm definitely sure that he's waiting to get an official word from the medical staff on the absence of uh, Carey Price, because if they come back and they say it's two weeks, well, then he might be a bit more patient, but if they come back and they say, you know what, it's six, eight weeks or two months, then uh, the temptation to make a trade will be coming uh, sooner or later. And, well, who knows? One of the names throughout there, James Reimer, would the Leafs trade with the Canadians within uh, their division in the conference? I think it is possible because Realistically, I don't think the Leafs. Uh, they, I don't think they've announced it in public, but I'm sure internally they're not expecting to make uh, the playoffs. So I think they'd be open to make that kind of a trade uh, during the season. So let us know via Twitter at Tabs360. Uh, the question: If, if assuming that Carey Price is out for at least a month, do you think that Mark Bergevin starts start uh, shopping for a uh, goaltender? Just one more thing while we're on the topic. Do you know who the two best goalies stats-wise are in the AHL right now? 
no, I don't. I'll guess Fukali. Uh, no, he's way down the list, but uh, okay. Peter Budai and Jan Dani. Oh, well, two former Habs. Two former Habs, yeah. Um, not that the Canadians would be interested in either. Just the irony of it that, uh, I guess the further irony, how about Devin Dubnik that uh, the Canadians gave up on so quickly and and yeah. uh, had in their system? Um, anyway, just just out of interest. But but those are the type of goalies that the Canadians would be looking to in this kind of situation. Guys like Burai, guys like Yandani, who are not hoping to become number one goalies and come in as a temporary uh, solution. So we'll so we'll keep our, our eyes on that one. Justin uh, Peters is another one, um, not a Canadians, but he's uh, in the Washington system. He's one of those guys that you just talked about that that wouldn't be expecting to be a number one, but would bring some some solid um, experience into that position. Uh, another big injury for the Montreal Canadiens this week was uh, Brandon Gallagher. Last Sunday against the New York Islanders, he didn't finish the game. He got hurt uh, blocking a shot. He fractured two fingers, had surgery on Monday, and while the Canadiens announced that he'll be out for at least uh, six weeks, Let's hear the coach on the loss of Ben Gallagher. He was playing his best hockey, obviously. Uh, he's progressing every year. Uh, he's still a young player, uh, but uh, it's a big loss. What we're gonna do? You know, we can't feel sorry about ourselves. That's the way it is. And uh, in the past, I saw you know, we lost Carey Price. That was a big loss too. But we still find a way to be competitive and, and be successful. And uh, that won't change. And, well, Rick, for a team that uh, was already struggling, selling a, uh, a top six in forwards, they lose one of them. So this could potentially be a, a big loss for the Montreal Canadiens until at least the, uh, the end of the year. And, and not yeah. only a top six, not only a top six forward, but on the right side, uh, where the Canadians are particularly weak. Uh, so that was, I, you know, um, I, Tarion tried to downplay it, but this is a big loss for this is a big loss because Gallagher brings that consistent effort and and uh, you know when when we saw Johnny Boychuk has has one of the harder shots in the league and and for him to get it on the hand his his hand looked mangled and awful and and um, you know I I. I I hope that everything we we haven't heard how things went with surgery, but I expect that um, you know things went well and he'll be back in the new year. But it's it's a bigger loss than I think um, um, Tarion was was uh, willing to concede there. So what, what would be a bigger loss, Brendan Gallagher or Carey Price? <laughs> well, both. I yeah, <laughs> I, and and having both of them out is is going to put tremendous pressure on the, the organization and, and on the coach as well to uh, make the adjustments night to night. And there was as well a couple of other uh, injuries for the Canadians this week. Alex Edmond didn't finish the game against the uh, New York Rangers and the Canadians announced that he'll be out uh, a week with a lower body injury. The funny thing is that happened at the same time with Carey Price and I don't think anybody realized that until the game was almost over. That Alex Edmond was uh, no longer on the bench for the Montreal Canadiens. 
And as well, an update on uh, Tory Mitchell. Earlier this week, the Canadians announced that uh, he'll be out for uh, seven to ten days. So the injury bug has struck the Montreal Canadiens uh, here at the start of the season. But I guess on the positive side, rather happen now in the beginning than towards uh, the end of the season. Uh, we're going to take our first break here in Half 3 6 on the other side. We'll tell you who our winners and our losers of the week are. And well, later in today's episode as well, we'll be talking about Mark Bergevin, who signed a contract extension. We'll uh, we'll talk about what we think are a couple of his good moves and his bad moves as his tenure as a GM. So you can let us know yours via Twitter at Tab360 or via telephone at 1-877-455-4945. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Frameworth is the exclusive supplier and distributor of autograph products for some of the best hockey players in the world, including Carey Price, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taves, John Tavares, and Alex Galchenyuk. Thanks to Frameworth, Habs360 listeners can receive free shipping on any order. Shop online at frameworth.com and type in Habs360 at checkout. Frameworth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, Hockey Canada, CFL, and the Hockey Hall of Fame. For more information, visit Frameworth.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs 360. All right, welcome back. Episode 156 of the Habs 360 podcast. I'm Chris G along with uh, Rick Stevens. And well, we heard it. It's time for our winners and our losers of the week. So this week, we'll change it up. We'll begin with the losers. Rick, who are your nominees? 
Well, let's start. Um, um, let's start first with uh, reporting on a goal for the St. John's Ice Caps. They're up one nothing over the Marlies. It's always good to see any Canadians team beating any Leafs team. So, um, <laughs> be, um, our losers of the week. We got a few of them, so we're going to uh, I'll whip through them a little bit quicker than usual. Um, the NHL. They seem to always be in our loser list, do they not? It's been, I think, it's two weeks in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, we won't give them the the absolute loser, but we'll give them the nominee for um, their handling of the All Star Game and their plan to make the All Star Game some kind of three on three divisional tournament. Um, I, you know, just just please quit trying to make this this event relevant um i know there's people who complain uh, there's no hitting in it there's no, but if you're if your your player uh was out there and got hurt in the all-star you'd be complaining the other way so just let it be a showcase let them score a lot of goals let them have fun quit messing around this i i love the three-on-three to decide games but a three-on-three tournament for all it's it's getting silly just stop it uh, I'm still okay with it. I haven't seen it. After I see the first one, I might uh, change my mind. And an interesting thing that I found part of that process was that the the players have negotiated a week off uh, between <laughs> February and April, if I, if I keep, uh, if I'm not mistaken, going forward. So that will be interesting on how that's going to work as well. Yeah, the bye weeks, which uh, there was a report last week about bye weeks for next year. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a future show, but that's also uh, kind of a weird thing. Um, the the next nominee, it, it's um, I know that I know that the mainstream guys want to try and compete with with new media people and and be relevant again and all of that. But some of them are just I mean, Matthew Barnaby is is not my favorite to begin with, but his whole scoop this week about oh, this big feud between Mario Lemieux and Sidney Crosby, which both have come out and categorically denied and, and said it was really silly. And then for Barnaby to, to you know, he stands behind it double because he's got two sources and all that. It's nonsense. Just stop it. It's, it's, um, he's just trying to get his, his Twitter account, uh, you know, noticed. And, and um, I think it's silly. I think it's really silly. Yeah, and if if two guys, if they have a disagreement, it doesn't mean there's a feud, right? You know, they could have disagreed on something in particular, but that's could have been just the end of that. Yeah, agreed. Now, the next three nominees we're going to kind of lump into the category um, of injuries because, as we just spoke about, they've hit the, the Canadians particularly hard, especially after, after having uh, such a, you know, last year was, was relatively injury free. Um, so we're going to blame the, the injury gods for bringing on this rash of injuries to Salmon and, and uh, Tori Mitchell, um, but particularly uh, Brendan Gallagher and Kerry Price, two key people, two of the, the leaders of the team, um, who I think, you know, the Canadians are going to try and weather the storm, but it's not going to be easy. Um, those are two big pieces out of the lineup and um so we're going to blame the 
the injury gods for that. Um, the the other one we're going to toss into this injury um, mess is Francois Gagnon from RDS. Um, again, I understand mainstream guys, they want scoops, um, but he tossed out this, this specific number month um when Terrian was asked after the game about it he said well, hey that's news to me um whether he was playing core or not we don't know but um i think all right if you have that information fine but more more specifically as you said um we didn't know we knew that that the injury was on the right side we didn't know where it was we didn't know if it was a groin we didn't know what it was Gagnon specifically said it's a knee injury. Um, and I think he's crossed a line there um, in that, you know, that's something for when he does come back for um, opposition to target. It's one of the reasons the Canadians are, are so tightly lipped about their injury um, reports. And I, I, you know, I, I don't like, I don't like that he, uh, let that information out there. Um, wh- whether it's true or not, we don't know. But you know, he's a pretty good, uh, reputable journalist, and 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 I'm I tend to believe that uh, that's that's where the injury is centered. Uh, and according to ManGamesLost.com, the Canadians have lost 46 man games uh, so far this season. And well, last year when the Canadians were so successful. One of the reasons that we kept saying was they remained relatively healthy this year. We're sort of expecting the injury bug to hit them a bit more than last year. So let's see how the Canadians will be able to uh, to manage through this stretch going forward. And I guess the last nominee as part of this injury theme is um, the Canadians organization. And I don't I don't really know who to blame. I just want to blame somebody. Um, and and that's. I think it's clear to to us that Carey Price was rushed back. There, there's no way it's a coincidence that that um, Condon was was struggling uh, struggling mightily um, as as the starts wore on, um, and that Carey Price was quickly. You know, we we saw him one day he was um, on the ice without any upper equipment. Um, and then you know it seemed he was right into a full practice and then playing playing the next night it, it the progression there was was really quick and um i would have rather seen him stay out a little bit longer um and fully um recuperate um and and in these kind of situations i think Terrian was quoted as saying Kerry said that he was ready to come back well you, you got to take you got to take what the player says with a grain of salt because they're going to want to come back no matter what condition they're in and I think it's up to the organization to think more about the long term um, health and future and welfare of their player and the team and um, they would have been wiser to keep them out so uh, they're going to get the top nod for loser of the week and, and even when it was announced that Carey Price would be the goalie for. When he'd be coming back, Carey Price even tweeted a thumbs up on uh, on Twitter. I guess it was his, his way of announcing that he'll that he'll be coming back. Yeah, he said that that he had far too much Twitter time, uh, and he was uh, he was really <laughs> ready to come back. 
So those were your uh, your nominees and your winners for for the loser. Let's talk about the winners. For the winners, we got a really nice list. Um, I, I think uh, a nominee has to be Devonte Smith Pelly. Um, you know he he surprised many many of us. Um, he looked terrible, absolutely terrible, uh, in training camp. Um, I I wasn't sure whether he'd end up, um, you know, being sent down. Uh, many people were were talking about that. And once the season started, he turned the switch, and he was a valuable part of the fourth line. Um, uh, you know, he was tried on the the second line um, and didn't really fit there with uh, Galchenyuk and Eller. Um, and I don't think he's a solution for the first line. But for him to step in and, and play with uh, Placanitz and Pacioretty, have that two goal game, um, he was he was pretty um, inconsequential last night. But but uh, in the Ranger game for him to play so well, we got to give him a thumbs up. And especially in that Ranger game, he scored that goal early in the third period to start off uh, the third when Mike Condon was in goal. Because before that. As soon as the they were showing Condon in goal, I was like, "Oh boy, like what's going to happen here?" But I think as soon as Devante Smith Pelly scored his the second goal of the game the, to make it three to one for the Canadians, I was like, "Wow, like this is uh, a way to take momentum away from the Rangers and bring it back to the Canadian side." Yeah, exactly. Um, we're also going to put George George Holloway, that's his name, but we all call him Bud, Bud Holloway, uh, into our winner's list. And um, other than being in the starting lineup last night, he, you didn't really notice him. Um, uh, but but it's not about that. It's just about uh, the, long, um, the long path that he took uh, to get to the NHL to his first game, which was last night. He's 27 years old drafted way back in 2006 in the third round by the Los Angeles Kings. Um, you know, s- spent uh, his time in the WHL and, and uh, AHL, then went over, played in Sweden and Switzerland. Um, and, you know, was is before his call-up was the leading scorer on the, um, the ice caps this season. He's a, um, He's very creative offensively. He's he's uh, a playmaker. Most of his points are in assists. Um, he's helped uh, Charles Sudan and and um, San Andrigetto, who he was playing with, um, with the Ice Caps. He he's he's you know the reason he hasn't got a a, a, a chance up till now is he gets lost uh, in his own end and and uh, hasn't quite figured out how to play defense yet, but what a great story. What a great story having him um, make his his debut in the NHL last night. Yeah, 27, and uh, finally got the call-up, so I'm uh, obviously uh, pretty ecstatic to be here right now. So that was uh, Bud Holloway uh, as soon as he got uh, called up to Montreal last night, 7-19 minutes played, and he took uh, one shot on goal. You know, um, one more thing about Bud. We interviewed him, got to interview him a couple weeks ago when he was on the road with uh, the Ice Caps. And I asked him specifically, I said, you know, the Canadians have uh, some room on the right side. Uh, Do you ever catch yourself dreaming about stepping into getting that call up? 
he looked at me uh, and he said, um, no. He said, my guys are in here. And he pointed behind him to the dressing room. My guys are in here. And and that's they are my only focus. I thought, wow, he, you couldn't have said that better. He, he's a real team guy. He's a leader on a very young um, um, Ice Caps uh, squad. And, and I, I was really impressed with him. Um, we're going to add another um, former Ice Cap into the, the, the winner nominee list, and that's Sven Andragetto. Um, he's come up and fit in perfectly with... Um, with that second line with uh, Eller and, and Galchenyuk. Um, he's, he's had two uh, important goals um, and um, got the, the game deciding uh, goal last night in the, in the shootout. Um, he's got plenty of skill, sometimes gets lost, um, you know, on the road in, in heavy traffic, but when he has open ice, um, uh, he's got a great shot and, um, and he seems to understand the kind of style of play that uh, that uh, Galchenyuk and, and and Eller offers. So um, we're going to put Sven Andrighetto on the list as well. And he really did impress me in the game against the New York Islanders. He was full of energy. He was skating all around, and he's had a great debut for uh, for the Canadians uh, this season. Um. Our next nominee nominees are uh, Galchenyuk and Eller, who we just mentioned. Um, they've been stuck with fourth, mostly fourth line slugs throughout the year, rotating. Uh, Tarians changed that line more than any line. Um, Paul Byron, Mitchell, Flynn, uh, Smith, Pelly, the list goes on and on. Um, they've they've. They've not had anyone that's matched um, their style of play. They've been great as far as possession numbers, dominating uh, best four checkers on the team, the, the pair of them. Um, and they're sometimes maligned, uh, uh, not in, in wrongly so. And, and uh, it's good to see them both succeeding. And Alex Galchenyuk, he scored three goals this week, his third, fourth, and fifth of the season. Especially that goal against the the Devils last night, the speed, the power in his skating that we saw to go into a breakaway and score, that was quite impressive. And prior to the game against the New York Islanders uh, last Sunday, Galchenyuk scored four goals in his last 41 regular season stretch. So that didn't look... uh, I wasn't quite impressed when I saw that stat, but these last, I would say, about four, five, maybe even six games, I think we've seen the Alex Galchenyuk that we've all wanted uh, all along. I agree. And I, th- I think that uh, Galchenyuk would probably have gotten the, the top, the winner of the week. But uh, we're going to give that to another un- underappreciated uh, player, and that's Andre Markov, who uh, has been fabulous this year. Uh, he w- got a lot of criticism last year in the playoffs after having a, a very good season. You know, some... Some Canadians fans and media thought he was washed up two contracts ago and he just keeps playing and he just keeps playing well. Um, he sees the ice better than anyone other than Carey Price on the team. Um, and with his assist last night, he it was his 400th assist and he um, is third uh, behind um, Guy Lapointe at 406, whom 
he'll pass, uh, Markoff will pass this year, uh, and Larry Robinson at 686. So uh, on the all-time Canadian defense list, he really um, earns for his uh, contributions over his career to the Canadians, he earns our winner of the week. And it's a well-deserved merit for Andrei Markov. And one thing for sure is last night he definitely did have a better game than his defensive partner, P.K. Subban, who I think, especially in, in the first period, in the f- first half of the game, he struggled all sorts. But his uh, defensive partner, Markov, consistently solid uh, throughout uh, the season like he, like he always has been in uh, the past. So those were our winners and our losers of the week. If you have any comments, let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can also give us a call at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. As we look ahead to the Canadians facing the New Jersey Devils in the second game in the back-to-back uh, home-to-home series between these two teams. It is a 7 o'clock uh, Eastern start. Canadians did not practice Today, so we don't know who their starting goaltender will be. Will it be Michael Condon? Will it be Dustin Tokarski? We're going to know in a couple of hours. Let us know who you would put in goal. As well, we'll be talking about Mark Bergevin's contract extension. And so stay, stay tuned. We're also going to have our true and false segment. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Hans360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
It means a lot coming from Jeff. It's it's a story franchise. Like I mentioned earlier, I like to say thank you to Jeff Molson and also Search of Art that was part of the uh, the hiring, you know, uh, for the Canadian and also the players. Which without them performing, I wouldn't be standing here today. Michel Terrien and all his coaching staff and my staff on as far as Rick Davis, Scott Mellonby, Larry Carrier, uh, Trevor Timmons. That you know, I, I got here. Trevor was here. And I didn't know Trevor very well, but I realized how I uh, was a great asset he is with Montreal Canadian, and uh, how much he works hard. And uh, Von Carpen, which another guy that I didn't know, and uh, you know his valuable uh, insight of uh, players around the league. It's you know it's bar none. So I'm just one guy standing here, but there's all guys, whole bunch of guys that should be standing next to me here today. All right, welcome back to episode 156 of the Habs 360 podcast for this uh, Saturday, November 28, 2015. I'm Chris G. along with Rick Stevens. We heard there from uh, Mark Bergevin, who was announced earlier this week that his contract was extended and will keep him with the team until the end of the uh, 2021-22 season. Uh, in the move that Jeff Molson said that will add stability to the uh, organization. Under Mark Bergevin, the Canadians have made the playoffs every year. In the three-season span, the Canadians have played 34 playoff games. They've won three series, and well, they ranked fifth in the league for the number of series won and fourth for the number of series uh, played in the past three seasons. And in the Eastern Conference, only the New York Rangers, with 56, have played more playoff games than the Canadians since 2012-2013 season. So, Rick, on my end, I think it was a good move from the Montreal uh, Canadiens of uh, extending Mark uh, Bergevin. I think so far, if you look at the overall picture, I think he's done a, a pretty good job. And and just like Jeff Molson mentioned in the press release, it's good to have some stability because even if you look at the successful teams, whether it be the Red Wings, whether it be the Blackhawks, etc., their management team, has always been uh, stable throughout their their success. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I think that he's done a good job um, and he's made some, some key moves and key signings. Uh, he has brought stability um, and, a, and a certain professionalism, but I think that, that um, he gets, he gets a little bit more credit than, than others, um, you know, than than a, than a Ganey or or, or whomever, uh, Pierre Gauthier, mainly because he's, so, you know, he's uh, what what you hear most is always oh, funny. Oh, he's he's a, f- a fashionable dresser. Oh, he's, um, and I think that that some of the mistakes that he's made, I, I, there's people out there that believe he's made mistakes. Um, he's made a, a bunch of them. I think those get wiped out um, uh, the the rug because he's just so damn likable. Um, and you know, I I, I guess my, my only problem is uh, these kinds of extensions I would do in the off season for for management. Uh, it kind of a bit of a distraction, um, especially when you have a you know a hole uh, on the right side. Um, you'd rather be hearing about that kind of a signing or a trade. Um, so th- that's the only thing that bothered me. But, but other than that, I mean, he's been, um, he's been a very good uh, general manager for the Montreal Canadiens. 
So we've been asking our followers to give us what they think have been the best or the worst moves that Bergevin has done through the tenure. So we'll just go through some of them. First one comes from Nino in Laval, who writes his worst move is Alex Semen and his signing. I'm not saying that it was a great move, but at um, at a one million dollar contract, I don't think it's the worst move that uh, that Mark Bergevin has done. And I'll be able to I'll tell you a couple of other bad ones that I think uh, Bergevin did that I think are worse than the uh, than the Alex Semen. So thanks very much for the tweet, uh, Nino. Uh, Michel Richard from Ottawa for. For a worst trade, he has Braden Prest for Zach Cassian. So yeah, Cassian hasn't played with the Canadians. Uh, he probably will never play a game with Montreal Canadiens. He's also got a fifth round draft pick, so ended up being Brandon Prest getting traded for a fifth round draft pick. I don't know this for a fact, but I think there was more to this trade about Brandon Prest than than we know. But uh, definitely on the optics, it doesn't look as a uh, as a good trade. Uh, next tweet comes from Rick Dumas. He says the uh, Seikach trade was a bad move. Never gave a kid a chance. Better player than Byron and just as fast. So thank you very much for uh, the tweet, uh, Rick. Uh, just I guess I just want to throw something out there. Yuri Seikach this year in 11 games has one goal, two assists, so he has three points. Devante Smith-Pelly in 23 games has three goals, five assists, eight points. So even prorated, uh, Smith-Pelly is, is on pace to have a better season than uh, Yuri Seikach, at least when it comes to uh, goals and assists. Uh, next, from uh, Braden, uh, from Brantford, Connecticut, is uh, Jim Santomassimo. He thinks that the worst move was Devante smith Pelly for Yirchi Sekach. And when it comes to the best move, it's uh, Jeff Petrie. So I'm assuming that includes the trade that Canadians did uh, last year at the trade deadline and as well for the uh, contract uh, extension. Uh, Rick, from any of those comments that we saw from, that we that I read from our Twitter followers, are there any in particular that stand out as you agreeing or disagreeing? Um, I, I agree to, to some extent. Um, when you look at the contributions, um, certainly, you know, you're, the Canadians were expecting more from Cassian, from from Smith Pelly, um, um, Alex Salmon, um, and you know, if you go down the list. Um, I just kind of off the top of my head made a list. Uh, there's Brian Allen, there's Douglas Murray, there's Eric Tangrady, there's um, Colby Armstrong, um, there's uh, uh, Davis Drewiski. That was a bizarre signing, just bizarre. Um, uh, the Thomas Vanek one did it, you know? Did it really do anything? Did it really pay off? I think that for me. Um, you know, Danny Briere, Pierre Parento, uh, the 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 major failing of of um, Mark Bergevin has been his inability to to get a scoring winger. Um, he, they've tried a lot of them, and in some cases, um, you know, it was well known that these people that these players wouldn't work out. Uh, but in other cases, 
if they're going to try these players, as you said, with Semin or whoever, you got to make sure that the coach is on board. And Tarion hasn't given many of these. He didn't give Seacatch a, a chance, didn't give Semin a chance. If you're going to bring these players in, the coach is going to be on board to give them a, a, a fair uh, trial. And, and um, I think in some cases, they've not necessarily been on the same page. But at one point, Rick, uh, Bergevin must be, I'm not saying he must be, uh, he's probably like in 100% agreement with the way the coaching staff is handling the players. But I think if he really had a problem, he would have maybe uh, imposed that uh, to the coach. Example, you're giving Seikach a chance or you're playing Alex Semin, uh, like you're not sitting him out for seven games. You sat him out once, twice, okay. But here's the time he's uh, he's going in, right? I'm sure he's aware. I'm sure he might not be 100% uh, agreeing with with the coach, but he must be support. I guess he supports the decision he's made. Okay, and and if if I if I accept what you just said, then Bergevin bringing in Alex Semin was a huge mistake. Um, and it's not about the money. It's not about it's it's the fact that you were counting on this person to be your not just a, a plug in on the fourth line that can be easily replaced. You were counting on this person to be a major contributor to your second line. You you your entire training camp and your system to be that way. And now um, a, a third of the way through the season, everything's upside down as you try and find a replacement. That's not a good um, time to be trying out players. Um, if 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 Bergevin was on board with Terrian saying this kind of player isn't going to work in the system, then he shouldn't have brought him in because it's disrupting um, the, the, the team right now. That, that should have been worked out in, uh, in training camp. Yeah. Uh, sure. Like I'll, I'll take that as, uh, as, as your opinion, but one thing that I've kept in mind when it comes to Alex Salmon, I don't think it was a plan A for Mark Bergevin. I think it was a desperation move at the end, which yeah, probably, falls more on Mark Bergevin that he had to go to that point where he was stuck at going at a plan C or plan D or whatever he was. It wasn't his uh, his first choice. Uh, let me tell you a couple of the moves that I think were um, that Bergevin probably, well, did a bad job and I think he could have done better. And obviously, hindsight, this is what we're doing right now. So it's always easier when we're looking at it after the fact. Uh, one that stands out for me is the signing of uh, Daniel Briere that happened in 2013. Uh, I'm not going to throw in there P.A. Parento because I think the P.A. Parento was um, was just in hopes of repairing the Daniel Briere trade. But I think the Daniel Briere at that time, they were looking to find somebody with that name to bring to the Montreal Canadiens and make him successful and we even remember that year, it was the, the famous torch that was handed out to uh, to Daniel Briere at the at the Bell Center. Another move that I'm not a fan of is uh, Tom Gilbert, that, that when he was signed uh, from the Florida Panthers for two years. He, he's probably a player I don't appreciate enough, but I still don't think, um, considering the depth Canadians have in defense, probably wasn't the best move. And I think that was... Uh, Tom Gilbert was supposed to have the role that Jeff Petrie now has with the team. Another move that I didn't like, but 
Mark Bergevin ended up fixing was the signing of Travis Moen to a four-year contract at $1.8 million. I think the term was too long, but uh, on the positive side, it was able to uh, to get fixed. Uh, some good moves. And I just want to uh, tell everybody that uh, thanks to uh, Mario Perezino from GoHabs.com for supplying us a list of all of uh, Mark Bergevin's moves. A good move. It was one of the first ones that Bergevin did. Uh, the signing of Brandon Prust, we saw in the first couple of years, he brought a lot of character. He was the first player that Bergevin signed to uh, bring that kind of mentality to uh, to the team. And I think Brandon Prust uh, did bring to the team what uh, he was intended of doing. Another good acquisition, I think, was Dale Weiss for Rafael Diaz. And a player who was underappreciated from the coaching staff in Vancouver. A good job by the scouts here in Montreal to uh, to find him in Vancouver and bring him over to the team. And um, we saw what the results have been. I also like the fact that Bregevin was able to fix a couple of uh, other bad moves. I mentioned about the Travis Moen for Sergey Gonchar. And uh, Rennie Bork for uh, for Brian Allen. Yeah, Brian Allen wasn't, I think, did even play any games in Montreal. It didn't really matter. He was buried in Hamilton. But I think Benjamin did a good job of getting rid of Rennie Bork. And, well, just like uh, Jim said on Twitter, I think another good move from the Canadians was the acquisition of Jeff Petrie and the fact of signing him into a long-term contract. And maybe one more that I'll throw out there, a good move for the Canadians, a player probably not as enthusiastic about it, was the contract extension of uh, Max Pacioretty at a very good cap hit for the Montreal Canadiens for somebody who's scoring almost 40 goals. Any moves, Rick, that you, that stand out for you as good moves by uh, Bergevin? Well, the moves that that um, that you've mentioned, Dale Weiss, Jeff Petrie, uh, I don't know if you mentioned Thomas Fleischman, but those are the three uh, best player moves that he made. Um, I think that even better than the player moves, um, and Bergevin mentioned this himself uh, in his news conference, Trevor Timmons was the most important move that, that um, uh, Bergevin has made uh, in his tenure. Um, there at the time, uh, as Bergevin said, he didn't know Trevor Timmons that well. Uh, there was um, a lot of interest in Trevor Timmons as a GM around the league, and um, Bergevin found a way to to keep him, uh, give him a little bit more authority. Um, and the other the other move was bringing in Rick Dudley. Rick Dudley and Trevor Timmons are two of the brightest hockey minds uh, that we that that there is, that there are. Um, those two moves allow these other moves to happen, allow good draft picks, allow um, good trades. Um, he's built a, an excellent amateur scouting uh, department and pro scouting department so that the information that he gets is is the best information out there. Um, and it allows him to look pretty good when he goes ahead and gets a, a, a Thomas Fleischman or, or a Jeff Petrie. Um, I think that's one of the biggest differences between him and Sagoche, who, uh, you know, didn't have a, a very large group uh, of advisors and who came from pro, the pro scouting side. 
himself and and was the the architect uh Goche was the architect behind the whole Gomez uh, trade um Mark Bergevin has brought in some quality people. Stefan Wade is another one um, who have provided him some great information. Um, you know, I quibble with his his selections um, at the coaching on the coaching side um, at both the AHL and NHL level. But as far as his front office, his hockey operations staff, second to none. And uh, we just have a couple of time to look at. Uh... A Twitter for some responses. Uh, this is some reaction to whether or not the Canadians should look for another goalie if uh, Price is out for a, a certain amount of time. Jay, he writes, no way. Uh, Pino from Ottawa, he writes, no, they shouldn't. Uh, Philip uh, Simmons from uh, Alberta, he writes, no, they are playing excellent D. Puck possession is one of the best in the league. Uh, Jim from uh, Connecticut writes, if these guys falter, need to spell Condon. Okay. Uh, Philip, sorry, from Alberta also writes, team is good enough to sustain one month's injury and get Condon valuable playing time. No need to panic. Lay off for price. Uh, good news. So thank you for the tweets, Philip. Tim, he writes, yeah, they should trade price for Halak. <laughs> but he put it joking, so he, he wasn't being serious. But I'm sure somebody out there actually thinks that Canadian should uh, should do that. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Tim. Uh, Jim from Connecticut writes, they need to concentrate on the top two lines. Stop playing guys like DSP there. Give St. John players a shot or trade for one. So we saw Sven Andrigetos getting a shot. Canadians have also called up Christian Thomas, but for now, DSP, a couple of games, he's managed uh, to uh, do the job. We'll see how long that lasts. The next tweet, uh, Rick, I need your help. It comes from uh, Mike from Toronto. Uh, he, he makes reference to advanced stats, and uh, you're more uh, knowledgeable in that area than I am. He writes, uh, PDO is through the roof. That has to balance out at some point. Uh, CF percentage looks good, though. So that's a tweet from Mike. So what does that mean, Rick? Well, the, that that essentially they've been pretty lucky up till now, and and their luck's going to start to to um, even out. Um, but the the CF percentage, the Corsi uh, for that's all about possession, and the Canadians have completely turned that around from from last year where they were near the the bottom of the league as far as uh, possession numbers. Their possession numbers this year are um, near the top of the league. They're great. Um, you know, the, the top two lines are leading that. The third line, although they've been great in, in getting um, some points, uh, their possession numbers not so good. Uh, but the top two lines and the active defense are driving possession. They're holding the puck. Um, um, and uh, allowing the Canadians to wear the other teams down, um, and uh, and yeah, I agree that that uh, they've done a very good job in that respect this year. Uh, Nino Laval thinks that no, I think they will be fine, so no need to look for a goalie. Uh, Darcy Armstrong from Sudbury, Ontario, writes only if Condon's play starts to fall off. So thank you very much, uh, Darcy. 
Uh, okay, then we got a trade proposal from uh, from Nicker. I'm not even sure if I should bother reading this, but what the hell? Let's we need a laugh. <laughs> he writes Gallagher, Galchenyuk, and Subban, and the first for Reimer, Fanouf, and Kadri. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a Leafs <laughs> fan. Yeah. Uh, next one comes from Andrew. Uh, he writes goalie no. However, I really think with Brendan Gallagher out, they need to explore for a steady right winger. I absolutely agree with that, and I think they needed to do that even if Brendan Gallagher was healthy in the lineup. Uh, next one comes from Ash in uh, Toronto. He writes, no need to. The Habs have put themselves in a good position. Condon has been solid. No reason to panic. So definitely the cushion that the Canadians have built is uh, definitely helps them early on in uh, the season. And the last tweet comes from Net Millard in uh, Hawaii. In regards to tonight, you would put uh, Michael Condon in that in a back-to-back situation. So that's another interesting thing uh, that we'll that we'll keep an eye on because normally Carey Perry doesn't play back-to-back. We'll see if uh, if Michael Condon does. So thank you very much, everybody, for your tweets. We really do appreciate them. You can keep them coming at Habs360, and we'll be interacting with our Habs with our followers uh, all week long. Rick, thank you very much. Uh, it was a quick show with lots to pack in. Uh, enjoyed being here. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it was a good week. Canadians playing three games until our next episode. Uh, all three games at home against the Devils, Blue Jackets, and Capitals. Follow Habs360 for information on the broadcast times. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Habs 360 podcast. Go, Habs, go. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.